Welcome to the Patriotic Pulpit. Well, a lot's been happening within the last 24 hours, especially in the House of Representatives in the United States. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been ousted. Representative from Florida, Matt Gates led the way against him. And I'm going to say right now on record, I'm glad it happened. I think it needed to happen. I realize that the country, uh, the pundits, I should say, of the country tell us that we're all in turmoil. Fox News tells us and all of their guests tell us we're in turmoil. Speaker Newt Gingrich tells us that uh, Matt Gates needs to be expelled from the Congress. And on and on it goes. And people are just uh, crying out loud about Matt Gates, the conservatives, those far-right conservatives and what they're doing to the Congress and causing America to, to turn the topsy-turvy. So let's, let's talk about it for just a few moments. Several things we need to note regarding, and I said, you know what? I'm glad that it happened. For one thing, there has been a uniparty in Washington, D.C. for so many years, and I personally, just out here in America, I am sick of it. The uniparty is the neocons of the Republican Party, Newt Gingrich, of which is one. Then the neocons of the Republican Party, the Kevin McCarthy-type people, and then there's a constitutionalist such as Matt Gates. I'll tell you what, we have been run by socialism for a long time. We are completely out of control, our budget-wise. We're completely out of control, foreign aid. We're complete. We, we actually have, right now in America, we are a socialist nation. I don't know why people avoid saying that. Two-thirds of our budget right now goes for unconstitutional welfare-style spending in America. Added to that, there's the foreign aid that we continue unconstitutionally to send overseas. Something has got to be done. We're losing our country. The borders are wide open, and all the conservatives seemingly can do, and the Republicans, is simply, I'm going to sue the Biden administration. I appreciate the Attorney General of the state of Texas, Ken Paxson, suing the Biden administration. I appreciate him doing that, but what has stopped? What has changed? Nothing. Nothing has changed. That we have come to a breaking point in America between not simply because of the border, but simply because of the liberal, socialist, Marxist, communist policies of the Democratic Party and the neocons in the Republican Party who simply want to slow it down, put the brakes on, and then when the brakes start squealing, they let it up a little bit and then try, try to break it again. We haven't changed direction in our country for 75 to 85 to 90 years, 100 years perhaps. We haven't changed our direction one iota. We had perhaps some breaths of relief with the Reagan administration and the Trump administration rolling back the regulatory welfare state, or the regulation state at least. But we have been on this train for so long and it is just, it's showing, it's throwing Washington, D.C. into shockwaves. What Matt Gates and the Republicans, the conservatives of the Freedom Caucus did in Congress just yesterday. But you know what? The neocons can't stand it. I have never seen, I have never seen such anger, such angst, such emotion coming out of the Newt Gingriches of the world, to Trey Gowdy's of the world, all of the pundits on Fox News, they're just, they're just beside themselves that this has occurred. You might just gauge yourself on this one. When Obama was president 
And Newt Gingrich is continually on Fox News telling us about how bad Obama is, which I agreed with him on that. Do you know he was he was just kind of level-headed? Here's what needs to be done. Here's what's happening. You didn't hear any anger. You didn't hear any excitement. You didn't hear any people getting out of control, like getting upset. Their voices didn't ratchet up. But you did hear it. You did hear it when Matt Gates ousted Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Now, why is that the case? Why, why would Newt Gingrich, and I, I always gauge, I always gauge the importance of the issue or to how, how people gauge the importance of the issue to how they, how excited they are to the issue. You know, in public religious debates, I would say, well, okay, we're going to push, push each other, but the first one who gets mad loses. And you know what? You, see, you get Newt Gingrich on television and he's getting all mad. I said, okay, you know what? He's lost. I mean, he's losing something. Much more losing here than he did when Obama was president. Why is that the case? I'll tell you why it's the case. Because we are being led in America by a bunch of neocons, neoconservatives. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So I appreciate what Matt Gates did in Congress. Something needs to be done. Some We need a strong curb bit to pull back the horse and you know what? Too many Republicans didn't have the backbone. They didn't have the muscle. They didn't have the strength. They didn't have the courage to do it. I don't know what will take place. People will say, you don't understand Congress. You don't know how it's going to work. Maybe I don't. But I do know one thing. What's going on in this country? We're losing our country as quickly as I'm recording. We're losing this country. And all the neocons and the Democrats can do is talk about, well, we've this is terrible. New York is just awful. We are overrun with uh, Mexican illegals and South American illegals, and we're overrun in Texas, and we're, we're going to sue the Biden administration. <laughs> we're not doing anything. I'm telling you, as long as I have been alive, I have been a part, that is, my family has been a part of conservative movements in Arizona. People have been crying for border security as long as I can possibly remember. And I'm 65 years old. And nothing has ever been done regarding the border except people like Donald Trump. Even Ronald Reagan had an amnesty program, which he said was the biggest mistake of his life because the Democrats never intended to come along and, and do what they promised they would do. But that's what's happening in our country. So I think, you know, it's time that people wake up. And I appreciate Matt Gates. I'm going to talk about neoconservatism in just a moment. How is it? What is, ne what is a neocon? Why is it that there's a uni party? What does that mean? Because the real divide in Washington, D.C. and in this country is not Republican and Democrat. It is between socialists and constitutionalists. And that's what's happening. And the neocons are soft socialists, and that's all they are. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back. We're talking about neoconservatism. Started off talking about what took place in Congress and the House of Representatives yesterday regarding Matt Gates and ousting Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. And everybody's wringing their hands. That is, this has never been done before and we're just in a mess and we better get something started. You know what? The country is already in a mess. We're losing our country already. And you know what? I'm thankful for Matt Gates. 
and the Republicans who stood up. Oh, I know they joined with the Democrats. You know what? Newt Gingrich, by the way, let me just say this. Newt Gingrich has been all over the news. He's been writing editorials. He's on Fox News and he's wringing his hands and he's getting excited saying Matt Gates needs to be expelled and all that kind of thing. And he says, you know what? The Republicans, these far right Republicans are joining in with the Democrats. You know what? You better let's stop for a moment and back up. I remember many years ago, I was preaching. I've been a preacher. I preached the gospel of Jesus Christ in the pulpits of the churches of Christ. And I remember many years ago in Alabama, I was, I've, when I had moved from Arizona to Alabama, I found out that, well, there are such things as dry counties, that is counties that don't have liquor, that they don't sell liquor. And I, I was shocked because I grew up in, in Chandler, Arizona, and that's all that, you know, I just, I grew up on Saturday mornings where I would go to town and I'd see, uh, I'd see drunk Indians on the sidewalk. I mean, right off the reservation. I just thought, I thought everybody had alcohol. And so when I got to Alabama and one person told me this, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know what? There's, there's one issue that the bootleggers and the preachers join hands on. And that is keep alcohol illegal. They join hands of the bootleggers, the ones who are making the alcohol, and the preachers join hands. But I guarantee you this, not for the same reason, not because they're on the same page, not for the same purpose. Preachers are against the selling of alcohol because it's destructive and the Bible teaches against it. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1 among other passages. The bootleggers, don't, they don't want legalized alcohol either because they were making money because the stores were not selling it, so they're making a lot of money. So so I learned right there that, okay, you can say that preachers and bootleggers are on the same page, but that doesn't mean really they're on the same page. They might be on the same side of an issue, but that doesn't mean they're on the same side. It's the same thing with the so-called far-right Republicans in Congress, such as Matt Gates, Matt Gates, and the Democrats. The Democrats... Newt Gingrich says, well, they're, they're on the same, same page. They joined hands with the Democrats. Well, not really. They might be, both of them, wanting to oust Kevin McCarthy, but not for the same reason. Not for the same reason. So we need to note that the Democrats are basically Marxist party today, and they don't want anything less than a Marxist as Speaker of the House. Matt Gates wanted someone who's a constitutionalist and one who doesn't lie to Congress and doesn't try to continue to pass these continuing resolutions, all of those stopgap measure bills and the omnibus bills in which we continue to fund unconstitutional programs on the backs of us American people. And those are two different reasons why the Democrats and Matt Gates were against Kevin McCarthy. But let's, I've, I've accused many of the Republicans and perhaps most of the Republicans right now in Congress of being neocons. What's a neocon? What is a neocon? Neocon means a neoconservative. Now here is from a 1996 book, Mark Gerson, The Essential Neoconservative Reader. He says the neoconservatives have so changed conservatism that what we now identify as conservatism is largely once was neoconservatism. And in so doing, they have defined the way that vast numbers of Americans view their economy, their polity, and their society. Now, there's an honest statement. 
They've changed the definitions, neoconservatism. That's the neoconservative reader by Mark Gerson. So what are the neoconservative roots? And is Newt Gingrich one? I say he is, and we'll see why that's the case in just a moment. What are the neocon roots? Well, they begin with none less than Leon Trotsky, 1927. He and Stalin were partners, and Leon Trotsky, partners in communism, had a falling out because Trotsky didn't want to go along with the head-cracking schemes that Stalin wanted. So they had a falling out because Stalin was absolutely heavy-handed. Trotsky fled to, to uh, Mexico, and so he was forced into exile. Now, does that mean that Leon Trotsky and S Stalin, both of these individuals, were on different pages politically, that they wanted a different type of government? Absolutely not. They wanted the same government, but they wanted to get to it from a different method. Stalin wanted the head-cracking scheme. He wanted to do it by force and by fist, iron will. Trotsky wanted it to be imposed not by brutality, but by legislation and more peaceably. So he preferred to do it that way. So Trotsky was not an opponent of Marxism, which is socialism. He was only opposed to that hard-handed, heavy-handed, head-cracking scheme that was brought to the movement by Lenin and Stalin. So Trotsky fled to Mexico, and Stalin had him murdered in 1940. Before he was murdered, however, he attracted, this is Leon Trotsky now, communist, helped in the Bolshevik Revolution, he attracted to himself many different political individuals who favored socialism and a world government. And one of those individuals who later was influenced by this, this is, comes from a man who is, who is a father of a, the neocon movement, and that is Irving Kristol. Irving Kristol in 1995 said, this is the father of Bill Kristol, who is, of course, a nationally known pundit today and, and writer. Now you, now you know why, oh, that's why Bill Kristol hates Donald Trump. That's why he hated him from the beginning. He's an neocon. What's an neocon? Well, Irving Kristol, his daddy, wrote the book on it, so let's read from his book. Irving Kristol said in 1995, he said, I regard myself to have been a young Trotskyite, and I have not a single bitter memory. So 1983, put a more definitive point on it, he said, a neocon is one who is for a conservative welfare state, and that's perfectly consistent with a neoconservative perspective. Now think about that for a moment. Irving Crystal doing the talking here. A conservative welfare state. What's that? It's unconstitutional to begin with, a welfare state? That's a neocon. As we will see, Newt Gingrich is right there. That's exactly where he is. This is why the Newt Gingriches of the world are all over the place opposing Matt Gates. This is why they're doing it. And they want to assign, well, Matt Gates uh, hates Kevin McCarthy, or Matt Gates wants to be known prominently. You know what? You don't have any idea about that, Newt Gingrich. You don't have any idea about that, uh, Trey Gowdy. You don't have any idea about that, all you pundits who say that. It's because they have this bitter feud between them. 
No, perhaps it is the case that Matt Gates is principled, a principled constitutionalist who said we're going to stop what's going on. Well, how about Crystal's Journal, 1989, called The National Interest? A fellow neocon called for integration of Europe, Japan, and the United States. This was a neocon in the national interest that was run by Irving Crystal. And so in 1989, this neocon wanted a super sovereign state, super sovereign government that has erased the sovereignty of the United States. Now that's shocking. You think, wow, that is, that's treasonous. Well, his desire was to see what he called, and this is his statement, a conscious depreciation not only of American sovereignty, but of the notion of sovereignty in general. Get rid of sovereignty, the notion of sovereignty in general. Now, you might think that that was written by, well, who might that have been written by? You might think, well, that was written by Joe Biden because he's erased our borders. No, no, that was written by Charles Krauthammer. Charles Krauthammer, brilliant man, featured on Fox News. See, Fox News is all about neocons. That's why they got rid of Tucker Carlson. They can't stand him. He's conservative, Carlson, independent conservative, but he's not a neocon. And boy, they just can't stand that. Matter of fact, Fox News has gotten rid of so many conservatives. You don't see such people as Brigitte Gabrielle on there any longer either. And a lot of people like that of her caliber, the real conservatives of America, constitutionalists, you don't see them on Fox News at all. Why? Because Fox News is a neocon station, that's why. So in 1952, and by the way, Crystal's son, Irving Crystal, is Bill Crystal of the Weekly Standard. So in, back in 1952, a young conservative serving one-year tour of duty with the CIA wrote in Commonweal, a Catholic weekly. He said this. Here's another one. You, you might guess who might have said this. We have got to accept big government for the duration and attendant centralization of power in Washington, D.C. in order to oppose communism. Now, you might think that sounds once again like Joe Biden. Maybe that's Kamala Harris. No, that was before they were born. That's 1952. No, well, not before Joe Biden was born. I don't know. He's probably, what is he, 90? But no, that was written by William F. Buckley. Buckley, basically a neocon. So neoconservatism is that which is aligned with Trotskyism. Now we're going to see that the same thing is the case regarding Newt Gingrich right now today. And he's featured Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Fox News. He's all over it because he's a neocon. We'll be back in a moment. We've been talking about on Patriotic Pulpit, what is a neocon? Washington, D.C. is a stir. They're all stirred up in the House of Representatives, the newscasters, the news people on Fox News and mainstream media. They're all, they're all confused and they're all excited and they're just getting angry about Matt Gates and everything that he did. We're getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. And, but you know what people are not paying attention to? And that is the real score. And that is that for far too long, our country has been run by the Democrat, a.k.a. Marxist Socialist Party, as well as the neocons of the Republicans who are basically soft socialists. So let's just 
Think about that for a moment. I talked a few moments ago about what is a neocon, basically rooting back to Leon Trotsky. And Trotsky had followers such as Irving Kristol, who wrote the book called what is, about what is a neocon. That's the father of Bill Kristol, who's now one of the most famous pundits and news writers in America. And now you know why he hates Donald Trump, as Bill Kristol does. Those neocons don't like, they don't like him at all. But the neocons are basically soft socialists. So Irving Kristol wrote the book on conservatism, basically said, okay, number one, we want, we want the welfare state as given to us by the New Deal, Franklin Roosevelt. What is that? That's unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional all the way. We want to have foreign aid, just as was given to us by the people such as FDR, Lyndon Johnson. We want the great society that was given to us by Lyndon Johnson. But these conservatives, they're really neocons, kind of put the brakes on some of this. They say, well, you know, slow it down a little bit, not put so much money into it. But when it gets down to it, they talk a big game, but they are lame. And Newt Gingrich is one of them, as we will see before we finish up today. So let's back up a moment and look at this one. So several years ago, this was during Clinton's period, NAFTA, North American Free Trade Agreement, came to the table. And it involves entering America into a sovereignty-losing situation where we lose our sovereignty and we're, we're being assessed by world courts and the World Trade Organization was all the same thing. And so here's Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger... Is he a Republican or a Democrat? We can't tell by his legislative, or he wasn't a legislator, but by his, by his stance on the issues, you couldn't tell. But he said this. He said, NAFTA will represent the most creative step to a new world order taken by any group since the end of the Cold War. You know, within one year after that was passed in Clinton's period, with the help of Newt Gingrich, we lost one half of our manufacturing jobs. They went south of the border to Mexico, went over the seas to China. We helped China build up their, their entire country because we allowed the manufacturing to go. And it was engineered by such people as Henry Kissinger, a neocon to be sure, that is a socialist of the Republican Party, and Newt Gingrich, a socialist of the American, of the Republican Party also, in the House of Representatives at the time. How about the free trade area of Americas? Reducing trade barriers across all countries is stalled in 2005. And then we had the World Trade Organization. Now I want you to listen to this statement and I want you to assess it, just assess it, just like you would in a debate, just like, okay, I'm not, doesn't matter who said this, just I'll tell you who said it in a moment. This is 1995, the World Trade Organization under the aegis of the United Nations was being pushed in the Congress of the United States in the House of Representatives. And here's what one man who is a representative from Georgia at that time said. We need to be honest about the fact that we are transferring from the United States at a practical level, significant authority to a new organization. This is a transformational moment. I would feel better, he said, if the people who favor this would be honest about the scale of the danger. 
WTO transferring sovereignty, transformational moment, danger to America, warning flag. Who do you suppose said that? That's right, Newt Gingrich did. The same man who voted for it later. World government, here we are. Now you know why Newt Gingrich doesn't care for Matt Gates. Now you know why Newt Gingrich is so popular on Fox News because he's a neocon. He wants transformational moments where we have a world government. He wants to have socialism, the New Deal, as we will see in a moment. All of that Newt Gingrich is absolutely for. That's what this is all about. So let's talk about some of this for just a few moments regarding Newt Gingrich. So Newt Gingrich is in favor of so many different things that, that are basically world government oriented, such as the NAFTA, the GATT, the World Trade Organization. He wanted to make it a global Leviathan. But all of these things are just a part of the problem with Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich said when he got to Congress, he said, the people have spoken. We don't, they don't, the people don't want world government. They don't want these world trade organizations, but he engineered them right through Congress. He had to fast track the WTO in Congress, even though it had, he said, we've got to hurry up and get it done. Even though it had been being worked on since 1947 by the socialist plotters of the United Nations, but all of a sudden Gingrich gets in there. He's the Speaker of the House at his time during Clinton's period, 1994, and he says that we've got to hurry it on through. Absurd. The General Agreement of Tariffs and Trade, also another step in globalist order, was 26,000 pages. No member of Congress was able to read it. But Gingrich promised to make all bills and documents accessible to the American people, but we never had them. We never, and who's going to read 26,000 pages of it anyway? And if it was simply to re remove the barriers of trade and help American workers, why, why 26,000 pages? How about the Clinton health care program? You know, Hillary Clinton wanted to have government health care. It was deserved to be kicked out of the house because it was socialism, government health care from the beginning costly, bureaucratic, socialistic nightmare. But did Gingrich get rid of that? No, he did not. So think about his rhetoric and the reality for just a moment. So many other conservatives have been gold into embracing GATT under the false banner of free trade. And Newt Gingrich's role in promoting NAFTA and GATT as seen by so many people is recognized as really not conservative at all. His rhetoric, however, on the one hand, is fierce. Boy, he's just like, okay, I'm going to be tough about this, and I'm going to talk about it. But, for example, he once denounced Robert Dole, who was another neocon, denounced Robert Dole, the Republican chairman of the Senate Finance Committee during his period, as the tax collector for the welfare state. Now, that's Newt Gingrich's wording regarding Robert Dole. He labeled all official Washington a large open conspiracy to take away the money and freedom of the citizens of this country. All right, that's Newt Gingrich talking. But as you see, they can roar loudly when they're talking to the people, but when they get into Congress, they're, 
They purr as a little pussycat, and that's all they did there. So, over and over and again, he denounced big government, socialism, high taxes, deficits, welfare, bureaucracy, the counterculture. But was his actions, or were his actions commensurate with his words? Not at all. Since entering Congress, Gingrich repeatedly voted for big government, deficit spending, welfare, foreign aid, regulatory intervention, socialism. He repeatedly voted to send the United States taxpayer dollars to communist countries, grant communist tyrannies such as Red China, Soviet Union, the most favored nation trade status. By the way, we're right now in a lot of trouble. Everybody's talking about, besides what's happened in the House of Representatives, talking about, well, Red China, boy, that's a big danger. I wonder how they got to be that way. They got to be that way because of the new Gingriches of the world who pushed through Congress the idea to give them the most favored nation status in America. And that meant something legislatively. And that at the same time, we engineered, the same period of time, we engineered the kicking out of Taiwan out of the United Nations. We didn't want them. And yet we say, well, they're our friends. We're going to defend Taiwan against Red China. Now we've helped build up Red China. That's what Newt Gingrich is about. And so he repeatedly voted to send United States taxpayer dollars to communist countries such as Red China, Soviet Union, and give them the most favored nation's trade status, demanding trade sanctions against South Africa. What happened in South Africa when they gave trade sanctions? Well, that was, that was called for by Nelson Mandela. Let's see. Nelson Mandela was a communist a member of the African National Congress, which was a communist organization, wanted America to stop any kind of trade relation, want to have trade sanctions against South Africa. And that was called for by the Communist Party, Nelson Mandela leading it. Nick Gingrich fell in line with that. And so he cut the throat of South Africa. And today, South Africa is under communist rule. That's what's going on. You see, these people are foreign policy. No. This is why I oppose Nikki Haley. She's, she's the same way. How about welfare madness? Let's talk about Gingrich and welfare. During 16 years of Congress, he invaded vociferously against the evils of the New Deal, Great Society, Welfare State. Opposite of what I've said here. But what did he vote like? Every vote he took. He voted for every kind of welfare program imaginable for the elderly, for the children, for the homeless, for the businessmen, for the farmers, for the bankers, for left-wing broadcasters. Those votes include March 1991. This is March 21. He voted for $30 billion to begin the unconstitutional bailout of federal savings and loan institutions. Constitutional man? No, not at all. June 26, 1991. He voted for $52.6 billion for agricultural programs, subsidies, food stamps. Constitutional? Not at all. That's, oh, let's see. That's, oh yeah, that's right. That's FDR's New Deal. That's Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. That's Newt Gingrich. October 5th, 1992, he voted for $66.5 billion for housing and community development. Constitutional? Not on your bottom dollar, it's not. September 22, 1994, he voted $250 billion in appropriations for the Departments of Labor, HHS, and Education. 
Constitutional? Ask the question. That's to answer the question, isn't it? How about his contract for America? Budget busting. Contract for America is all about we're going to we're going to rein in Congress and we're going to rein in the debt. Raising the debt ceiling would have been necessary, of course, when he when he when he voted for in Congress. So his votes for were against actually a frugal government. They include December 21. If we got them right here, 1987, he voted 603.9 billion dollars for 13 regular appropriation bills larded with many wasteful, extravagant, unconstitutional items. It passed by one vote. Newt Gingrich was right there with it. May 4th, 1989, outlays of $1.165 trillion, deficit of $99 billion for dishonest, spendthrift 1990 budget designed to barely skim under the Graham-Rudman $100 billion deficit limit. That was Newt Gingrich. March 10th, 1994, he voted against a responsible amendment offered by Representative Gerald Solomon to balance the budget by 1999 through $698 billions in spending cuts, a mere 3.5% cut over five years. And there are many others also. As a matter of fact, National Director of TRIM, that is tax reform immediately, was James Tort at the time. James Tort was prompted to remark, Professor Gingrich hopefully will never be called on to teach a course in the proper role of our federal government. His rare votes against bloated, big government usually have been prompted by the partisan wrangling of the moment, not by any great respect for or understanding of the Constitution. Exactly so. How about, how about foreign aid? How about the tight-fisted Newt Gingrich on foreign aid? What was the stand there? Well, let's think about it for just a moment. By the way, is there anything constitutional about foreign aid? No, not on your bottom dollar. No, nothing at all about foreign aid. We don't have constitutional authority to send one dollar overseas to another country. That's my tax money. We don't have authority to do it. This is why Rick Perry said we need to rein that in when he was running for president. There's something more unpopular than this. It's the welfare state and the open border, but this unconstitutional, unproductive, fiscally irresponsible, immoral welfare to domestic welfare to foreign countries as well as domestic freeloaders, foreign freeloaders. But here's what Newt Gingrich, tight-fisted Newt Gingrich, consistently voted to do: U.S. tax, do tax dollars to kleptocrats and tyrants over abroad. June 27, 1990, 15.7 billion in foreign aid for fiscal 1991. June 20th, 1991, he voted 12.4 billion for fiscal 92, 13.0 billion for fiscal 93. June 25, 1992, 13.8 billion for fiscal 93. August 6, 1992, 12.3 billion for the International Monetary Fund, by the way. Before we move too quickly, the IMF, an arm of the United Nations, unconstitutional international bankers that we put money into and then foreign nations take it out, don't pay the loan back, and you're left on the hook for it. Newt Gingrich wanted that. So if you want to debate on these things, these are the issues. Newt Gingrich himself is a neocon, and he's for socialism and for big government. That's exactly how he legislated. That's how he voted. That's how he's always been. No wonder he doesn't like Matt Gates. Matt Gates, 
wants the Constitution, and he wants fiscal responsibility. 